0: I am Lance Descott, and this is The Drop Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us again. Tonight, the Blues take on the Anaheim Ducks. And we all know when the Blues play the Ducks, it's normally a very physical, choppy game. It's normally a good game. Uh, And uh, the Ducks have been having some issues this year. And to talk about some of those issues, joining me is Mike Walters from the Ducks and Pucks podcast to talk about this matchup tonight and the way the season has gone for the Anaheim Ducks. How you doing, Mike?
2: Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm doing well, but I can't really say the same about our team, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when when the season started, you could look at both of these teams, the Blues and the Ducks, and say, man, they've got injuries. How are they gonna, going to be able to, you know, deal with these injuries? And Are they going to bring up guys? Are they going to make an early trade, which you and I know is very impossible to do at the first part of the season? Uh, What are they going to do? Well, the Blues brought in some youngsters. Uh, They started getting some guys back, and they've been one of the top teams. On the other hand, the Ducks, with their injuries, they've not been able to have the success the Blues have had. And, you know, you can tell me, is it from their minor league depth? Is it just the fact that they didn't have enough strong uh, candidates to come up and play those third and fourth lines? And even the first and second lines, I mean, right now your top two centers – are Grant and Wagner, and that's nothing against the guys. You know, they're decent NHL players, but they weren't meant to be your top two centers.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, Wagner's been doing a little bit better, as you've seen, he's been scoring some more goals. He had a couple goals the other night, actually had a three-point night, which was the first in his career. So he's picked it up a little bit. Uh, Grant scored here and there. He's been a little bit inconsistent, but he's helped out. But as you mentioned, it's very difficult to replace a Ryan Getzoff and a Ryan Kessler. I mean, you have those two guys out, it's extremely difficult. As you know, Kessler's been out with the hip injury and then the surgery. He's not coming back till sometime December is the latest we know of. And then Getzhoff came in for a few games, but then he went out. And then the Ducks also lost Raquel. And, you know, Raquel can play center and wing. So the Ducks are just hurting tremendously at the center position, and they're really hurting in their top six forwards. Uh, also, Eves, with that, that crazy disease that he has, we don't know when he's going to be back. So you lost, you know, the Ducks' leading scorers and leading players, uh, you know, and all-star type players. So that's been what's killing the team. The Ducks do have decent depth with the goals in San Diego, but to try and replace those kind of players, it's very difficult. They did have Andre Casse come up. He got hurt and got knocked out in the game. He was doing well for the Ducks. So it's just been injuries after injuries that's been killing the team, and and it's just difficult to replace those players no matter what organization you're in. You lose, you know, four or five, you know, top league scores on your team. It's just it's a big hill to overcome.
0: Yeah, it's it's very hard to dig out of that hole. Like you said, Raquel, Lenome, Kessler, <laughs> Eve, Fowler. Uh you guys have just been hit so bad with the injury bug, and I'm sure the Ducks fans aren't happy with their results, but you've got to look at it that these guys are doing the best they can, and you've got some guys that are probably playing their hearts out. And one guy I feel really sorry for is Josh Gibson. This guy is a top goalie in my mind, and he's always played well against the Blues. He's he's 7-9, and nine, but, man, Mike, he's played much better than 7-9. and nine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the Ducks' defense in the beginning of the season, they didn't have Botman and Lindholm. They had the uh, shoulder surgeries, each of them, and they came back. Then of course, as you mentioned, Fowler then goes out, and now he's finally back. But the problem with the Ducks has really been uh, the amount of shots they give up, and it's a two-pronged, you know, problem. A lot of people look at the Ducks defense and they're saying, "What's wrong with the defense?" You have got the players back, you know. The Ducks give up the most goals against in the league. Still, they're they're number one in that category, unfortunately, in goals against. But part of the problem too is. When you're missing those star players on the offense, if you look at this Ducks team, they have a very difficult time sustaining any kind of forecheck for a long period of time. So the problem is, is a lot of pressure has gone on the Ducks defense, and then ultimately a lot of it's gone on Gibson. Um, you know, Miller's come in and done a great job too, but he's been in and out with injuries as well. Um, so it's just it's kind of both of those things. The Ducks really need to get some of the offensive players back to get. You know, the best defense is an offense in some cases. And for the Ducks, there's just not much of a forecheck to take that pressure off of the defense and Gibson.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just hard. And one thing you can tell, I you know, a lot of people look at goals against and I do look at goals against. But Gibson's save percentage is nine twenty. That's that that's very, very respectable and very good. And I watched one game and I can't remember how many shots he faced. Fifty or fifty two shots. It's just ridiculous and your young defensemen were supposed to be one of the top bright spots for this team and they've played well in some games but other games it seems like they are making just too many mistakes
2: yeah it has been a problem you know uh, got that big contract and he's not been you know doing as well as a lot of people have expected you know there's a lot of talk around the uh, you know the different uh, uh, avenues of, of hockey news about him being traded Um, You know, just rumors and whatnot, nothing substantial or, or, you know, verified yet. But that's been a big talk. And that's something I honestly wouldn't be surprised. It's come the trade deadline. He is somewhat moved. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the Ducks overall, it's been tough. You've got Linhol back, and he's helping out a little bit. Um, You know, you've got Bx and Boschman, some of the guys that, you know, haven't been quite doing as much as they need to do. And it's been tough. I mean, and, you know, you look at this team, and they're putting Holzer out there on the fourth line as a forward. I mean, that's just how decimated the Ducks have been in depth. And uh, it's just not working out, unfortunately. Um, you know, the bright spot is you do look at this team, though. They are on this losing streak they've been on. But, you know, before that, they were three, four games over 500. Now they're at 500. And we've talked about it on our show that we had hoped it to be around 500 You know, in, the, in mid-December, and hopefully they get most of the players back. And, that's kind of where we're at right now. So, yeah, it is a little bit doom and gloom. We don't want to be, you know, totally a dark cloud, but they still have been winning games. Gibson's playing outstanding, as you talked about, and they're still in it. They can still make the playoffs. They're a 500 team, and, uh, you know, we're just coming up on the end of uh, November here.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times at the first of the season, you will have some injuries and players come back. It's, it's, it's a tough Western Conference. It's a, it's a tough Pacific division. You're 10, 10, and 4. You're only three points out of a playoff spot. Chicago's got the last playoff spot. They have 27 points and they've been playing lights out. So you guys really, you know, are still in it. And I think the best way for for Ducks fans to look at it is let's wait and see what happens till December, January, see where we're at then, and see if some of these guys are able to come back and start being big, big time contributors again. And getting some of these guys that are on the third and fourth line that have no business being on the third and fourth line, get them where they need to be, you know, down in the minors or somewhere else and get the guys back in. And, you know, the way things go, it's it's such an up and down league and it's such a competitive league. These teams in the Western Conference are just going to beat the crap out of each other constantly. And you're going to have those teams that get those last two playoff spots that may just be a couple games over 500.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and you look at some of these games, I mean, obviously we got blown out by Chicago the other night, and that was a poor performance all the way around, but you look at a lot of the Ducks' games, they've been close games. You know, they have losing some games in, in shootouts and overtimes. They've had a couple of close games against the Kings. You know, they've had a few where they've only lost by maybe one or two goals. So if the Ducks were getting blown out every single night, then, then I would be more concerned. Um, they've only really had a couple. They had that one, uh, the first game that they played against Florida and then this one against Chicago. That You know, they've played fine. It's just they're just not playing at that level that they're used to. And the 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 big key to me is the centers for the Ducks. You know, when they're without Ryan Kessler and Getzloff, I mean, that's just a killer. You've got two guys that can score and get assists. And, and obviously, Kessler, the defensive presence for the Ducks is a huge, huge loss. And that's what's killing this team is is just trying to – Limit the other team's shot opportunities, and you know, not put so much pressure on Gibson Miller or you know Barra, who's coming for a couple games too as well.
0: Yeah, and you can you can see it here in St. Louis how much a top center makes. Uh, You know, Tarasenko's always been good. Jaden Schwartz is having a great year, and everybody said if we could just get Tarasenko a true number one center and Mustazny down to the second line. The Blues would be much better off. And look at the line this year between Shorts, Schwartz, uh, Tarasenko, and Shin. And I don't know if Shin's going to keep on the pace that he's he's got. I mean, it's a, it's just a, uh, he's just tearing it up. But without a top line center in your first two lines, there's not much your forwards are going to do, and it all trickles down to your third and fourth line.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we still have Bremet in there, and he's still winning the faceoffs, and the Ducks are still doing okay in that department. But yeah, like you said, it's it's tough, and I mean that Tarasenko line for St. Louis has been killing it for you guys, and that's a big key in this game tonight. If if the Ducks can't slow that line down tonight, then we're gonna be in some serious trouble. And you know that line has been hard for anybody to slow down, frankly. But that's that's the problem too: is the Ducks when they're trying to play matchups against other teams, you, there's not really much matchup you know, to be done for the Ducks because, like I said, you know, we relied on that cognito silverberg Kessler line for so long to go against these other top lines, the Tarasenko lines or, you know, the Patrick Kane lines and those types. And the Ducks just, they don't have that uh, line of, uh, you know, being able to shut down the other team. And, and we've just seen it. That's what's been difficult is the uh, opponent's top scorers, they usually end up scoring goals against us.
0: Yeah, and when you when you have guys filling in, And, you know, they're they're trying their hearts out because I've watched several Ducks games this year and I see effort. I do see a lot of effort. But for instance, like in the in the last game against the Golden Knights, they looked pretty good for the first couple periods. And then it just seemed like the the Knights just kind of took over and the team looked really, really slow in that third period. But it's only going to get harder for you guys because after the Blues, you've got the Blue Jackets, which yep. are a physical big team. You've got yep. Nashville, that's got the best record, at, at, you know, on the at home, and then you got to go back and play the Knights, and then travel uh, back home to play Ottawa. So it's it's going to be a tough stretch here for you guys.
2: Oh yeah, I, it's definitely no but no doubt about it. We talked about it on our show just the other day about this next stretch, and and then now on top of that, you know, we've had Raquel go out on this royal trip. We haven't seen him in the last couple of games. Montour is going to be out tonight uh, against uh, you guys, and we don't know how many games uh, Randy Carlisle was saying he hopes one, but we've seen all these injuries with everybody, and we, we hope they're one or two games and they've turned it into a couple of weeks or they come back for a game and go back out. So it, it's just been one of the weirdest seasons for Ducks fans, and it's been somewhat frustrating because it's like almost every day you're like, okay, we're gonna wake up and, and who's gonna be injured today? And it, it's just that's just the way it's gone, and it's been tough. But you know, like you said, the team plays hard, and they do still compete given all the stuff that's happened so far this season, which is miraculous. I mean, for the team to be 500, and like I said before, they were a couple games over, was I mean outstanding. I mean, and it you know, like you talked about, Gibson has been a huge factor in that. The Ducks finally got some of the defensive players a little bit healthy, so they've been playing a little bit better, uh, minus, obviously, the Chicago game. But they've done, you know, uh, improved. It's just a matter of trying to get some of the star players back and get the chemistry going because with a lot of these Lions, that's what's difficult you don't see a lot of chemistry between between, um, some of the players. I mean, you see Perry out there now, and he's doing more assisting than scoring which is, is fine. I mean, that, that helps. But he's kind of taken over more of a get-off type role. But, you know, right now the goals are what the Ducks need to start doing in order to get things, you know, going back in a better direction.
0: Yeah, most most definitely. And hopefully they'll get some of the players back. And speaking of uh, Corey Perry, uh, I, I call him the guy that every other fan base loves to hate. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the St. Louis Blues fans just can't stand the guy. Oh, they, yeah. they say he's they say he's dirty he takes cheap shots so on and so forth but the other night he got a pretty good wealth of his own and ended up getting what was it 20 25 stitches
2: yeah he ended up getting about 20 uh, stitches and what was ironic on that play is uh Chirot didn't get called for anything they called Shysley I was shocked. For, yeah they called Shisley for a two minute penalty they didn't call <laughs> uh Chirot for anything. And uh, they reviewed the uh, the play, and they did find him like thirty seven hundred bucks, which you know, UME <laughs> is a lot of money. For them, it's not much. Um, but yeah, that that's game, like ten dollars
0: to you and I,
2: exactly. And, it, and in that game, you know, the Ducks were losing at that point three to one. I am not saying it would have turned the game around, but if a major penalty was called, and the Ducks would have got you know at least a goal on that, maybe the outcome would have changed. I mean, I don't like to. I don't like to go that route and say that a certain call, you know, dictated the way the game went. But it definitely could have, you know, maybe the Bucks could have got a point out of that game, you know, maybe forced overtime or something. Um, it, 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 could, it does make
0: a, it does make a big difference when a ref misses a call like that. That's a blatant call, and yeah, I you know w- whether you know people agree with me or not, he's got a reputation. Corey Perry does, and a lot right. of times when he when he gets it back. He doesn't always get the calls that he probably should. And St. Louis fans are probably in their houses right now throwing stuff at me. But it's just it, it's just the way it is. I'm I'm an unbiased guy. And when I see something right. like that, regardless if it's if it's Corey Perry, if it's any other crap disturber within the league, you know, I don't like this I don't like to see people get bad hits because it it takes good players out of the game, regardless of whether they're a scorer, an assist guy, you know, a tougher guy that can muck it up. It takes those stars out of the game, and I, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this, and and sure. you know, I I noticed uh, Limbus; he was targeted in that uh, in that um, article. Oh yes, and I, I think it was Campbell that said it said that he didn't belong in the NHL, and I I know Mike; the NHL is trying to get fighting out, and I I do understand that, and everybody's saying, oh, there, you know, there's no more role for the goon, there's no more role for the tough guy. Well, here's my thing. If you go back to when Gary Bettman and the NHL, the Board of Governors, uh, and the guys over the rules, uh, you know, when Brendan Shanahan was over it, and they wanted to cut down on the fighting, I do understand that. But if you look at the the slashing, the bad hits, the guys getting hurt, the guys getting boarded, and how long guys are out in the injuries in the NHL since they have cut down on fighting, and these guys know there's really not going to be a consequence because those other guys really aren't going to fight. Maybe a few teams have a really good fighter, such as the blues used to have with Reeves who's with Pittsburgh. And I think there's a fine line and I'll get your comment on in a minute. You need a guy like that. I think that maybe he's not going to play a lot. Maybe he's going to play six minutes, five minutes, but I think you need a guy and this is what Tony twist used to do for the blues. And, and I talked to Tony about this. He would go, and skate by the bench and he would tell them, "Hey, you see 16? If you touch him and it's it's not right, I'm going to go after you." And that exactly. stopped a lot of people going after Brad Hall. Brett Hall right. did get hurt from time to time, but I think you see more and more of these guys such as Duncan Keith and I think we can both agree as, as Blues fans and as Ducks fans, we don't like the Blackhawks, especially Duncan yeah. Keith. Yeah, he, That's, he he, he uses the Yeah, he uses his stick way too much and gets a game or two, you know, out. Or he just doesn't even get a 5-minute major, gets a 2-minute penalty. I think if you have a balance where there's guys like that that can stick up for a guy, you may see some of those type of liberties not being taken and I'll get your thoughts on that.
2: No, I I totally agree with you and you know, we talked about it on our show just recently about the Holy ambus thing and then Ken Campbell at the Hockey News. And I just honestly thought his article was completely unprofessional. I, I, that's just, I just really believe that. I just think calling out one player and saying he has no business in the NHL, I don't care who that player is. I just don't, that's right. I just don't think that's right. I, I, what gives him the right to say that? about and it doesn't matter i mean you know
0: yeah you know the last time i checked he wasn't a scout or a general manager so what does he have to say a player doesn't belong in the nhl (laughs) right
2: and that's why we we kind of thought that his article was more of a clickbait type issue because if you look at it people got all fired up they wanted to go read it and and that kind of thing and you know if he was trying to do that i understand you know all of us try to to do something whether it's a podcast like this or we do our articles and we try to you know, generate something interesting either by the title or the content or whatnot. But I just think the way he went about it, targeting one player, and, and it doesn't matter. I know it was a Ducks player, and obviously I'm more partial to that, but any player, I just didn't think that that was right. And, like, to your point, as far as having those types of players to keep other players in line, I completely agree. If you look at the last game that the Ducks played against the Kings, uh, Leambis went after McDermott. Well, McDermott mm-hmm. was the one that knocked out Aceh. So he definitely yep. was doing that to send a message. I mean, Williamson didn't create in that fight, but he, he was like, look, you went after our guy, you know, knock that, you know what off. And that was what that whole thing was about, obviously. And if you look at the Ducks in the past, so the, the fans that have been, um, you know, in the sport for a long time, you look at Tameu Solani, you look at Paul Correa, who did they have on the team that stood for them? Well, they had Todd Ewing and Stu, the Grim Reaper.
0: Grimston. That's right.
2: And those guys did the same thing. They said, hey, if you're going to touch Timber Paul, then that's it. You're going to get, you know, rust up. And that's what they did. And like you said, it's exactly that. You know, they can be a presence on the ice. They don't even have to engage in a fight. But the fact that they send that message that, hey, don't touch our star players and we'll be fine. And and that's what you got to do because people used to target Korea because he was smaller. Oh, they did. Sure they did. Yeah, they used to do that. And that was a big thing. And and you know um, that's what Leambus's role is, and if that's his role and he only plays you know five to seven eight minutes and that's what he's going to do, well that's what the Ducks have him for, you know. And the Kings have McDermott, then fine, they have McDermott. I mean, you know, some of these teams do have these players, and you know I just don't think that we should go out there and say, well this guy doesn't belong. Well yeah, maybe yeah. the fighting has gone down, and maybe we need to do that. But by having these types of players, it also does make the fighting kind of get a little bit. You know, reduced because they're out there, like you said, telling other people, hey, don't touch this guy. We don't to touch you. We're all good. You know, and that's one thing I think people don't understand that if they're not hockey fans, if the fighting thing isn't just to kick someone's, you know what. I mean, sometimes it is, but a lot of it too is a respect thing for the game and how they deal with issues and, you know, hash it out on the ice.
0: Exactly. And the way the NHL is now, it's so competitive. I, I think if you kept the that, as I call him, an ice policeman or as that movie called him, the ice guardian, if you right. keep if you keep those guys in there, it keeps it clean. And when there is a fight, there's a reason there was a fight. Exactly. You know, if he, it, it, most of these guys will tell you, and I actually talked to Scott Stevens one time, and you know he was known as a dirty player when he was with the Blues and with the Devils, and he could be dirty sometimes. Yeah, but, we all know, you
2: know him he, hit on Korea.
0: Oh yeah, to two thousand three, I believe that was, if I'm not mistaken. And Correct. you know, he says Perfect. he says he he says he held up on him. Korea says he didn't. You know, that's neither here nor there. the The thing about it is, is that if there's somebody there to go after a Scott Stevens, if they're bold enough to do it, right? Maybe Scott will think next time I'm not going to take this. I'll hit him, but I'm going to take it a little easy on him. And right. You, you, right. You, you have to have those. I started watching hockey when I was seven years old in nineteen seventy-six. And I remember the seventies with I remember no helmets. I remember the Blackhawks coming <laughs> in and play the Blackhawks coming and playing the Blues to a zero to zero tie. Phil Esposito was in goal uh was it as yeah, Esposito was in goal for the um uh Blackhawks and Phil Mayer was in goal for the Blues, I believe it was, or Ed Stanowski, and there were so many fights in that game, Mike, and I d I don't wanna see that because the right. game took four and a half hours. Right. You know, but but I, I think the NHL needs to look at this and I think what they're doing is you it's kinda like with Twitter and I listened to your guys' last podcast. You know, you put things out there to sensationalize some people do, such as Ken Campbell, if that's what he was trying to do. But right. you've got to be responsible at what you do, what you put out there on Twitter. And just yeah. like you and I, these players, I think for the most part, if you let them police themselves, these slashings, these boardings, these high stickings the the, just the stick work if if you go back to a game in the 80s and you see a guy work another guy over with a stick i guarantee you either that period or the next period somebody's going to challenge him and after that he gets out of that penalty box he doesn't work that guy over with the stick
2: yeah absolutely i mean for me it was the 80s with the penguins because yeah there there were no ducks back then no you know and some people give me flack for that i'm like well I'm sorry, in the 80s there were no Ducks. I wasn't a Kings fan, I'll tell you that much, because there's people that were Kings fans that became Ducks fans and some that are mm-hmm. both. And I mean, that's whatever, that's what you want to sure. do. That's what you want to do. But I was a Penguins fan before because I liked Mario Lemieux. That was my player. And then Yager came on the scene, and that's why I liked him. And you, just like you said, same thing. They would try and go after those guys because they were the star players, and then, of course, they would respond, and that's how they dealt with all the things. And then, of course, you know, a 93 and then with Korea the following year and then Sony a couple of years mm-hmm. later, you know, you saw the, the same thing. Then two and players trying to do it to them. And I think it's a very important thing that the league still has to have. And so anytime that, you know, someone's going to write something like that, like I said, he could have he's not Ken Campbell for the uh, hockey news is not big on fighting, which I get it. That's just, no, he's that's not. What he, he He feels that way. I I get it. I mean, I disagree, but I understand where he's coming from. But if you're going to say something about taking it out of a sport, I think that you should talk about it in a general sense and talk about many players or many teams or incidents or different things instead of focusing on one individual. And I just, I don't know. We joked about it on our show. I don't know if, uh, you know, Ken Campbell's a daughter and Mike Lamb dated his daughter and dumped her or something. I mean, it's just, (laughs) it almost seems like he took a personal attack at Lambas. I just don't think that that's fair. And I'm really conscious about that, because on our uh, podcast and blog, I interact with a lot of family members of the players, and they either talk to me through Facebook or Twitter, and there's been different times I've helped them out with things and stuff like that, and I always try to be as respectful as possible when talking about players. There may be a poor performance, and I don't like it, and I'll talk about the performance, but... What we try to talk about on our show is there's no need to do the like the belittling or the insulting. And yeah, you say a guy has a bad night and he did A, B, C, and D. That's totally fine. But don't just say, exactly. "Oh, this guy just, it just sucks." Well, w- well, what does that accomplish? You know, these people are human too. So when we're doing the analysis, I think it's very important to keep that in mind. And I think that's what was frustrating about about his article. I think he just made it too personal. And uh, you know, you could have wrote it as a general sense or talked about specific plays that happened throughout the years or whatever he wanted to look. At. I know he did talk about some stuff with the Ambus and the Miners, but you know, I just think that he could have made his spectrum a little bit more broader. And I think that would have given it a little bit more credibility.
0: Yeah. I, I fully agree with you because like you said earlier, what he could have done is write an article of why he feels fighting doesn't belong in hockey and why it's needs to be gone. And then maybe bring up an instance with Liambas and some instances with other people. This is yep. an instant where it wasn't necessary and it really makes the game look bad. Yeah, don't sit there and say a, a guy doesn't belong in the NHL. Cause I'm going to tell you one thing when the penguins traded for Ryan Reeves, yeah, that trade was pushed by Crosby. Crosby wanted somebody to exactly. protect him in the playoffs because he gets the crap beat out of him in the playoffs and there's nobody there to protect him and go yep. back to Wayne, go back to Wayne Gretzky. And I always yeah. tell people when they say, when they say, does, yeah, when they say fighting doesn't belong in hockey, I'll say, do you think Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player or at least the top two ever to play the game? Well, sure. Would exactly. you, uh, would, would, do you think Wayne Gretzky knows hockey? Well, sure. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing, go and look up interviews where you talk, where Wayne Gretzky talks about his success he will always mention Marty McSorley and the reason yep. he was able to do what he did. And I'll say also check on that trade to L.A. He wouldn't yep. go to L.A. without Marty McSorley. There's a reason Wayne Gretzky felt he needed protection. And that's not going to change, especially when these players are bigger than yep. they were in the 80s. They're faster for the most yep. part than they were in the 80s. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, it, it it you shouldn't be necessarily taken out of the game. But look back at the history and look back why these guys did what they did. Don't just call them goons. Don't just call them this and this this and that. These guys are NHL players. They deserve their yep. spot. You know, you're not in the NHL. I'm not in the NHL. Yep. I don't question people like that in talking about, you know, it. it getting back to Twitter and calling players out. Uh, I don't tend to really rip on players. If a player's had a bad game or gave up a goal or played bad, I'll say. You know, like the other night, Jay Bomeester coming back did not have a good second game back. And I said it, I said, you know, I give him the benefit of the doubt of the first game. He made some mistakes, but it's his first game back. He's a 34 year old player, a veteran, and it's harder to heal. And it's going to take him time to get back. And when he didn't play good, the next game, I brought it out, but I didn't, you know, just lamb base the guy and call him useless and say he doesn't belong. And we have a responsibility you and I do and everybody does in media. To yep. be number one, unbiased. Number two, call it like you see it, but you don't have to rip somebody apart.
2: Yeah, exactly, and that's what we try to do on our show and, and through our articles too. I always tell all my other writers that help out is, I go, if you have an opinion one way or another, you know, about a, a player doing poorly or a player doing well, either way, whether it's positive or negative or middle of the road, I said, always back it up with some kind of fact. I go at least. And uh um, actually multiple facts. I go point out instances and different things. Don't just go on there and say someone had a bad night and then period. Well what what was part of it? Was it turnovers? Was the not skating? Was it a bad passing? You know, talk about mm-hmm. some of the things. And sometimes we'll joke, you know, on Twitter we'll be like, Oh man, you know, this player did a bad thing and sport. but we're not on there carrying on and on and on about it. You just move on, you you go on and, you know, you analyze the play. You I mean, you know when these players make the mistakes out there too, like obviously they don't want to make those mistakes they're already probably beating themselves up about it that's the nature of most of us to do that so like you said we do have a responsibility and that's the key and i think taking the the unbiased you know as much as you can is is huge and sometimes it's hard because i know like you you have your players on the blues we have our players on the ducks and there's certain things but if something goes wrong whatever we're not afraid to say it we'll be like yeah this guy hasn't been cutting it but at least do it in a professional way, and do it where you're backing it up with whatever the incidents may be, or, or the multiple games, or, or whatever is the, the reason for your, you know, discussion of that negative or positive performance.
0: Yeah, but and uh, one more thing, I wanted to get to this, and it's, it really lit up Twitter, and I'm sure it lit it lit up the Ducks' phone, and it lit up their, uh, the rest of their social media, and probably people coming down to the arena, the pond, to talk about it. The thing with, with uh Kessler, the commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um I I was able to see it. I watched it, and I can't understand both sides. I can understand people that didn't like it thought yeah. that it was the wrong time. Right. Uh, I, I you know, because when I look at it, I look at it as hey, this is funny. That's he's what in I his birthday Yeah, he's in his birthday suit to celebrate the one hundredth birthday. He's not harassing the men, he's not harassing anybody the women in the commercial he's not harassing anybody he's just walking down the offices of the ducks and saying he's celebrating the 100th year of the nhl and i fully understand why it hurt people's feelings and this is another thing you know it's hard in this day and age for you and i as being people of social media and having a podcast because you've got probably 90 percent of people 80 percent at the worst that would say that there was nothing wrong with that. And Then you got 10 to 20 percent that would say it was the wrong time because of things going on in Hollywood and the way that things are portrayed and sexism. And I understand both things in those kind of situations. If you're the ducks and you keep it up, you don't win. If you're the ducks and you take it down, you don't win. So what you have to yep. do is look at it and say, what are we going to do? Well, let's make this decision and we'll just take it down.
2: Yeah, and that's a tough thing. We talked about that on our show, too. We even did a little poll, and it was about 90% thought it was funny, and then the other 10% thought, no, it should have been deleted. And a majority of the people I talked to that voted you know, against it had talked, like you had said, it was bad timing. I understand that, all the stuff going on in Hollywood. He's in an office, the work-based environment type thing in the video. I, I get that, how uh, they can kind of make that association, even though it's not really direct. Um, so it is tough and we've had situations like that with the stuff that we've posted we talked about it's difficult there's been times we posted things that we didn't think it was a big deal and then people started commenting and it was a big deal and unfortunately we've had to delete stuff too because there were things that you know people took the wrong way or anything like that and obviously we're not at the level uh, that you know NHL teams at but it's definitely something that's difficult and I think the other part that we, we didn't like that's unfortunate is you get the, the two different sides and those fans arguing against each other. Oh, sure. And turning on each other. And that was the one thing we really stressed on the last show is, okay, we get it. Like you said, some people think it's funny. It's hilarious. Other people think it's, it's a little bit too much on the edge. They shouldn't have it. And it's fine. I respect both opinions, but, but it's the one thing I try to stress to our listeners too is have these discussions, different opinions, discuss things and everything, but at least do it again respectfully there's no need to name call and be like you know you people need to get over it because it's funny and you're you know you're being you know blamed you're about too it sensitive and yeah right and then the sensitive people uh or not necessarily you know the people that think that the issue is too too strong and too yeah. sensitive towards the hollywood thing are looking sure. at the other people thinking you're immature and you don't care and yeah. so what's wrong with that. you?
0: can't you see it
2: <laughs> right and, and and so that's what i think was it was frustrating about it. We saw these people going back and forth. So I think it's tough. Uh, you know, the Ducks got in that situation before on their social media. They had played the Kings. I can't remember if it was last season or the season before, but it was a game, of course. The Ducks and the Kings always it out. But they had posted one where Jeff Carter got knocked out, and they posted goodnight, Carter. And they got a lot of flack for that, and they ended up taking it down. And I just it was so irritating to me because the Kings social media posted one saying something about get off, you know getting knocked down it was like down the captain goes or something to that effect and there was another media source out of toronto that was complaining about the ducks and, I, and that really irritated me because i was like wait a sec you're aiming all this anger at the ducks social media but the kings did the same thing i mean if you're going to be mad about one you better be mad about both to me i didn't think anybody did anything wrong i thought it was funny on both parts i get what they were saying but you know, if you're going to try and sit there and and be a selective person to target certain things, you know, I, I just, that to me is is unacceptable and I just didn't like that part. So the ducks did the same thing. They ended up deleting the the video of the hit. We still posted the video or we didn't make that kind of comment, but we still posted the video anyway, because that's hockey. I mean, that's the way it is. And that's what a lot of people had mentioned to that Toronto person. Like this is hockey, man. Like that's what they're doing. So I don't know if he was, more mad about the comment, I guess, that the Ducks social media had put out about it, but the Kings had put out something similar about Getzla. So to us, we were like, I don't know, you're, you need to go away, <laughs> you know, basically. But, yeah, it's, it's like you said, it, they, it's like the Ducks try to be, I think, a little bit more edgy, because as we know, the Vegas uh, Knights and social media is very, very strong. The Kings have that presence, too. Certain other teams do, Columbus Blue Jackets have a good one as well. And I think they were trying to do it, but yeah, maybe the timing just wasn't the best thing.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm with you that I, I guess a nice way to say the king's social media is edgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um,
0: I I I tweeted something uh, to them one time, and they come back with something that was really, I'll just say, not professional. I guess trying to get uh, jab me to get me to respond. Right. I just let I just let it go. I'm, the way I look at it is, you know, the Ducks taking it down. They were just the bigger team, you yeah. know, and saying, yeah. "Hey, this absolutely. isn't worth it." Absolutely. The, the the Kings, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
2: absolutely. But, that's what the Ducks do, and that and that's we follow that same line too. If we've ever posted something and a bunch of people started commenting and thought it wasn't right and they they felt some kind of negative thing, then I'm totally on board with. Hey, you know what? Just take it down. No big deal. You know, we we upset some people. Let's just, you know, not do that. And that's, that's gone that way before. And, uh, you know, and the same thing, like you said, we've had people that try and throw jabs, you know, at just random stuff. And those people, you just ignore. That's what I've learned to do. In the beginning, I used to always want to answer and everything, you know, three, four years ago. Me, too.
0: Me too. And yeah. now
2: I just I just don't. Because, you know, some people do it and they just want they want to see you comment on their comment, basically, or to respond. And if you don't give them an audience or you don't give them your uh, quote unquote microphone, then it takes it away. Because you'll see a lot of times people that only have a handful of users that uh, are, excuse me, followers on their account. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what they're trying to do. But it's like you said, it's tough in this day and age with social media trying to gauge the audience because, you know, when you post something, especially on Twitter, I mean, it once it goes out there, we've talked about it. It's like you shoot a missile. It's out there. I mean, even once you mm-hmm. delete it, people still screenshot things, people do sure. things. And, I, and I've and i been victim of that before posting something that I probably shouldn't have and someone screenshot it. And I'm like, Oh my God, now I'm trying to do damage control. And, um, it's sometimes just unintended, you know, you, you, you're trying to get out some news or do something and, you make a little mistake and we're, we're human. We screw stuff up. And um, like I said, it's just tough. Once you, once you hit that button and and hit send, you know, it's out there.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old and I'm still in, you know, I'm, I'm in social media. These young kids don't understand it. They're, you're kind of old to do that and do a podcast. But anyway, I, I played hockey, organized hockey as a kid. And I, you know, I, I think that it's, it's the greatest game, and you know social media yeah. has taken it to one way, but like you said, it can it can uh, take it into a different direction. But getting back to the Blues-Ducks game, if there's one player for Blues fans that maybe they don't know, and I don't know if there is because of all the injuries, is there one player Blues fans can really watch tonight and to look at and say, hey, this is a guy that the Blues kind of need to look out for that's kind of been playing well for the Ducks recently?
2: Yeah. I mean, I would really honestly point at Chris Wagner. I mean, he's, he's been scoring some goals. He's been doing good in the faceoff circle. Uh, He's been helping out. I mean, you know, obviously he's got the Perry out there and, you know, they'll all look at that. But as far as a a player that's, you know, had to try and step up his game and do what he can right now, it's Chris Wagner. I mean, he's, he's been playing really well. The other player I would have mentioned is Kasse, but then when he got knocked out, you know, that's been unfortunate for him, but yeah, I mean, he's the guy right now that uh, is trying to, you know, hold the, you know, kind of, he's kind of like the glue is trying to hold the team together, playing that, you know, center role. And uh, he's been doing good so far. You know, he's, he's good at getting hits and uh, he's, you know, he skates hard every night and that's the key for him. And, and he's a physical guy, even though he's not the biggest guy out there.
0: Sure. And I, I know the Blues fans will be watching Corey Perry because every <laughs> fan base does when he comes into town. But I'll try to get him to kind of pay attention to Chris Wagner and be a little bit more positive about it because I'm like you, I I love the game and I I like to see good players. Sure. Sure. I don't want the ducks to beat the blues, but if there's a good player that's been playing well, you know, I, I I love to see uh, players come into town that are doing well. You get to see what other teams have. Um, I want to thank you for joining me. How can uh, uh, the blues fans, if they want to follow the ducks or get any news on the ducks, how can they reach you through Twitter uh, email, website. Uh, give me some information on you, Mike.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's pretty easy. It's pretty pretty common throughout. If you go to Twitter, it's Ducks and Pucks, and it, it's Ducks, and then the letter N, and then Pucks. So, it's on there's Twitter, and the website's the exact same, DucksandPucks.com. You just go to that, and it'll go to our page that has all the articles loaded up on there. And that's really the best way to find us. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Facebook, it's ducks and Pucks blog.com so there's that as well that's our page Uh, a lot of similar stuff to the Twitter stuff that's posted on there but that's really the way to find it Um, you know and and we welcome other fans Uh, I I remember doing a little contest with some blues fans before and I ended up having to change my profile photo to something because we had lost So, so you know, I like doing those kind of things. I you know try to have fun with the other fan bases for the sure. most part. You know, most fan bases, probably not the Kings fans, but most of the other fan bases, we we usually have you know a good time with.
0: That's that's good to hear. Well, I'll do a little side bet with you. Um, if the blue if the Blues win tonight, you got to send me something neat from uh, Cali. And if the Ducks win tonight, I'll send you something that's local to St. Louis in the mail. And we can kind of get a little rivalry going here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally down. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. Well, thanks for joining me, Mike, and uh, I hope we have a good game tonight. And one more thing. Do you think we'll see Miller or probably Gibson more likely?
2: Um, No, There, it looks like Gibson's going to be the one going in net tonight.
0: Good, because yeah, last I, I I checked this morning and didn't see anything, and I've been busy in the studio since then. So uh, the, he always plays good against the Blues, and Allen normally plays pretty good against the Ducks, so we should have a pretty good game tonight. Thanks again for joining me, Mike. Until we talk next time, uh, have a good rest of your evening and uh, enjoy the game. All
2: right. You too. Thanks.
1: This has been The Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or the Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, the official at gmail.com, or lance d at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues.
0: This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.